Back in 1845, the English decided that they wanted to discover the Northwest Passage. They wanted to find a way to the other side of the world uh, without having to sail where they did. And they thought there ought to be a way up through Canada, the Arctic, somewhere in there. There ought to be a way to get over to the other side of the world. So Admiral John Franklin picked 138 special officers and men uh, to make that trip. And they were going to sail in two, three-masted ships, uh, but they were advanced enough technologically that they could also have some steam power. So they equipped these sailing ships with steam engines. And they didn't think they'd need the steam engines very much, but they might need them at some point on this trip. So they put the steam engines in and made room for 12 days' worth of coal to supply the steam engines. Now, you might think, well, that doesn't seem like very much, but that's all they really had room for because they had so many other things that they had to take. Uh, They had to have a full library on each ship for all of the officers to read from. Uh, They needed the finest crystal and uh, china and sterling silver flatware uh, so that the officers' mess and everyone would be outfitted like the Royal Navy Clubs in London. Uh, That was their concept of how this ship ought to be outfitted. Uh, It was going to be a journey with dignity. They took the only clothes that they took uh, were the uniforms and the the great coats of Her Majesty's Navy. And they took off from London with great pomp and ceremony. Uh, Two months later, a London whaler had seen them. Uh, getting closer to the north lands and went back to London and reported that they were doing great and just in good spirits and everything was going fine. Uh, he was the last European to see them alive. When it became obvious that they weren't coming back, uh, Franklin's widow organized search parties and financed them, and they started sending search parties out. Uh, they first found 35 men Uh, with a small wooden boat that they'd been pushing across the ice. Later they found a tent with 30 bodies in it. Later they found three masts sticking up through the ice, and that was all that they could see of the ship in the Arctic. Over the next 20 years, search parties kept recovering skeletons from the frozen waste. Uh, They found Admiral Franklin on the ship. He had died there with all of the china and sterling silver flatware. Uh, Most of the others had decided to walk to try to find salvation, so they were found various distances from the ships, uh, frozen to death in their fine blue buttoned uniforms. Today, people look back at that and say that the Franklin Expedition was a monumental failure. One account of it said it was foolishly conceived, planned, equipped, and carried out. Knowing what we know today about the Arctic and the conditions there and all of that, we look back and say, how foolish could anybody be? There was a fool that planned that. There was a fool that dreamed it up. It was a fool that equipped 
the ships that way. It was the fool that thought they could make it. The good book talks about wisdom and foolishness. It talks about the difference between someone who is wise and someone who is foolish. Uh, touring the booths this evening, uh, I was impressed with all of our young people and all they've done and all that they plan to do. And I asked most of them that were there what their next step was and what their I was impressed with all of the plans that everybody has. They've got a lot of things laid out, and I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and I might do that. Uh, and, and I appreciate that, but in one sense, all of our graduates, in fact, all of us at any time in our life, really, are, are heading into the unknown. We're going somewhere that we've never been before. Now, we have an advantage over Admiral Franklin. Somebody has been there before, and, and somebody can tell us about it. But we're still in the same shape he was because we're going someplace that we've never experienced. And the book of Proverbs talks about being wise or foolish in the way you go through life, in the way you go into the unknown. You go either wise or foolishly. And I think actually it's a mix of the two. No one's 100% one or the other. So as I thought about what to tell our seniors tonight on this Senior Sunday, I thought that's the best advice I can give them this year is read Proverbs. Read the book of Proverbs. Uh, read it occasionally. Go through it every once in a while. Now, when you do, you'll probably have the reaction that, hold it, this sounds like something a parent would tell you. Yeah, because that's what it is. <laughs> that's exactly what the book of Proverbs is. It's a father writing to his son. And he's telling his son about this unknown life that he's going to start. And he starts off, he says, now son, listen to me. <laughs> I know about this. I've been there. And since he was Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, he had been there. He'd tried everything. So it's, kind of, it's a special father advice book uh, with a little more wisdom in it than perhaps any other that you can find. Uh, but what the book of Proverbs is, is a bunch of real short little sayings. Uh, I didn't count, but I imagine most of them are less than 140 characters. Uh, so Solomon was probably ahead of his time. He, he had... Had that figured out a long time ago. It gave these little bursts of information that are generally true. And some people argue about, well, th this proverb, is that, is that guaranteed? No, none of them are guaranteed. They are truisms. They are generally true. They are uh, looking at the world, and if you do things this way, it'll probably come out this way. If you do it like a fool, it'll probably come out badly. Yeah, there's a few exceptions in life, but not many. The Proverbs are generally true. Now, the world's got a lot of other wise sayings in it. In fact, the, the Egyptians have a book very similar called The Teachings of Amenemotep. And it's a bunch of Proverbs. And a lot of them sound exactly the same, almost. And some people argue about, well... 
Did they copy Solomon or Solomon copy them or what? Well, I don't think it matters because truisms are true. Now, the difference in them is the Egyptians just say, well, these are true things. And the Israel's version, Solomon's version, says that these things are true, but truth comes from God. God says this. Now, some people may think about that and say, well, that makes a whole lot of difference, whether you're claiming God said it or not. Well, think about it this way. They're both true, but there's two ways you can discover truth in this life. You can hear it from God, or you can discover it yourself. But if it's true, it's true. So that's what Proverbs is. It gives you warnings. It, it tells you about this journey that's unknown and ahead of you. And you can either pay attention to it and have a better journey, or you can figure it out on your own. Now, the wise man, he wrote a little proverb about that. Number chapter 13 and verse 12, he said, One who scorns instruction will pay for it. So you can tackle this journey of unknown proportions on your own. It ignore all the advice Solomon gives you, ignore all the advice parents give you, ignore everybody, and you'll pay for it. You'll, you'll get to the same place. You'll learn it's true, but it'll cost you something. And I know that's a huge difference between an old guy like me and a graduating senior. I sit down and read Proverbs, and I sit there nodding my head. I say, yeah, that's true. At my age, I said, that's right. I've seen that. I saw that in this job, and I saw that at this place, and I saw that in this person, and it's true. Now, some of those things I probably learned from my parents and believed it. Some I may have learned from Solomon and believed it. Some I probably had to learn on my own and pay the price. But at this point, I look at the Proverbs and I say, yeah, yeah, all those are actually right. So that's my advice. Read, read some Proverbs. Now, I'm going to go a little further than that because that would be a really short sermon. Uh, just read the Proverbs. I'm going to advise that you read them uh, out of the chronological Bible. Because uh, the book of Proverbs is kind of mixed up. Solomon didn't have any great order to it, or the people that collected them didn't have any great order to it. So one after another doesn't have anything to do with the same topic. Well, F. Lagarde Smith, and those of you that read through this chronological Bible a few years ago, when he got to Proverbs... Uh, since he was reorganizing the Bible any way he wanted, he went through and tried to classify them into different topics. All the Proverbs, all the little truisms about one topic he had put together on a page. And he got a little heading there that here's what these Proverbs are about. Now, that was a huge job. I don't know how he even got as close as he did, but he did pretty good. But going through, uh, some of them I'd look at and I'd say, I think I'd put that in a different category. Because a lot of Proverbs fit a lot of categories. But he did the best he could. And he, what he did, I think, is very helpful. Uh, you can go through the chronological Bible and get the gist of Proverbs uh, much better. The first couple of chapters are exactly the same as in every Bible. 
because it's how Solomon started the thing. And he talks in general about wisdom and foolishness. And he says, son, pay attention to me. You need to walk by wisdom. If you walk the way of the fool, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to pay the price. So pay attention and seek wisdom. Get counsel. Try to figure out the right way to do things before you have to do it wrong. So that's the first few chapters. And then he goes into all of these random proverbs uh, that F. Lagarde Smith has categorized for us. Now, as I looked through his categories and was reading through proverbs in a little different light, uh, I thought to myself, it would really be neat if he would have prioritized them by importance. And I realized he couldn't do that because everybody has different things they need to know. But maybe he could have categorized them by volume. You know, here's what Solomon talked about the most. And here's what he talked about the next most. Well, maybe that'd be helpful, but he didn't do that either. And so I decided, well, I'll prioritize them myself. I'll prioritize them in which would be the most useful for graduates. You know, you don't need a whole lot of advice about old age yet. So that wouldn't be my first priority for graduates. Uh, but as I thought through, what gives graduates problems? Even good, solid, church-raised, Bible-believing, great graduates like we got, when they get out there, what gives them problems? What would Solomon say, here's number one, here's number two, three, four, uh, and I, I I don't have the exact order. I kind of picked the top four, the final four that I came up with. And it may surprise you, but it's what the book of Proverbs is about. In fact, I bet I could let you guess all night and you wouldn't guess what the first one is that I picked. Uh, Solomon talks a lot about wine. He talks a lot about alcohol and other drugs that we would call it today. In those days, wine was it. That was the, the drug of choice. That was all there was. That was first and last option for altering consciousness. And Solomon told his son a lot about that. He said, you've got to beware. Your son, watch out for this stuff. Okay? Now, going through the passage that F. Lagarde Smith called drunkenness and gluttony, kind of lumped all those together. Here's the kind of thing Solomon said. Solomon said, wine is a mocker. Whoever is led astray by that is not wise. Wine, alcohol, well, it'll mock you. It'll trick you. And if you let it lead you astray, you're not wise. That's not the way of wisdom on this journey. He said this, Listen, my son, and be wise, and keep your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it's like in high school these days, but when I was in high school, there were pretty distinct crowds. People that partied one way and people that partied another way. And what Solomon says is, son, 
don't get with the wrong bunch. You get with the bunch that drinks too much, and you're going to pay the price. He says later, in the, he has a long passage about alcohol and what it'll do to you and all that. And in the middle of it, he says, in the end, it bites like a snake. He says, it's red and it looks good and it sparkles in the cup and it goes down smoothly. But in the end, it bites like a snake and it poisons like a viper. Now bear in mind, this is what Solomon, wisest man of all time, thought his son needed to know about life. And I think our graduates need to know that. Second thing that Solomon talked a lot about, and this will probably surprise you too, unless you've read Proverbs recently, is Solomon talks a lot about sex and the opposite sex. Now, since he's talking to a son, uh, most of it is about women and watching out for the wrong kind of woman, uh, but it applies either way. Uh, let me find that passage. Okay. There's a whole other, in fact, by volume, this might be pretty close to the top. Solomon warned his son a lot about sex and being careful around the opposite sex and not associating with the kind of woman that would get him in trouble. And the passage I picked from all of the stuff that he says about sex and the opposite sex, I just kind of like this one. He said, can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? Solomon says, boy, men, son, boys, don't mess around with the wrong kind of women. It's like, why? It's attractive. It looks good. It's appealing. And society says you ought to. But he says, man, it will cause so many troubles. And he goes into them. He tells you what kind of trouble you're going to get into. And you can say, well, that's old-fashioned. No, the results are still the same. The, The trouble's still there. In fact, if I had to pick the number one societal problem that we've got, I'd pick that. Kids having kids has got this society messed up. Uh, This is what Solomon chose to tell his son about. Watch out for this. Third thing I picked from Solomon's writing is he writes a lot about companions, about picking friends. I might make that number one in my all-time list. I'm not sure. I'm still working on my list. But I think... Picking friends has a whole lot to do with how you turn out. And I said, I'm talking to good kids. You know, raised in the church, Bible-believing folks. You've been taught by your parents and by teachers and Toby and everybody else. But if you pick the wrong kind of friends, things can go bad in a hurry. And, And that's what Solomon says. Let me find that passage on companions and friendship and read you a couple of things. Yeah, He says, a righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. 
says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. He said, another one, stay away from a foolish man. You'll not find knowledge on his lips. He said, when you're picking companions, pick ones that will improve you. Pick wiser ones than you. Pick ones that will help you grow wise. You hang out with fools, you'll suffer. Now, once again, you don't have to listen to this. You can figure it, you'll figure it all out yourself. At some point you'll say, I never should have started that friendship. That got me in this trouble and that trouble and this trouble, and I have paid the price I've suffered. Well, you can, you'll discover that. And when you're as old as I am, you'll sit down and read that proverb, and you say, yeah, that's right. You pick the wrong kind of friends. It's a bad deal. So be very cautious. Be, be careful, especially as you're going into uh, most a lot of you have friendships that you've had since kindergarten or something. Well, you're going to go into a new environment, new job, new school, new something, and you're going to be picking companions out of that. Just read that first one. That's Proverbs 12, 26. A righteous man is cautious in his friendships. Be very careful. And I didn't make it a whole point, but it goes off of that uh, since it comes from companions. Uh, especially important is the spouse you pick. Now, hopefully you seniors aren't ready to do that uh, in general, but... It, she's going to she or he is going to come from your companions. Pretty pretty sure about that. I think that's a done deal. Uh, so Solomon's got a whole other section about choosing the right woman uh, and, and living with the right woman. Actually, he's got a lot of negative stuff. So I think the multitude of wives taught him a lesson or two. Uh, but he comes down pretty hard on, this is a really important decision. He says, of a, he talks about a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. So she looks really good. I mean, she's the kind that you guys would like to have as your wife from appearance. But she doesn't have good sense. Okay? And he says, that's like... A gold ring in a pig's snout. Okay, it looks good, but it's not a good thing. He goes on. He's got a couple of semi-humorous ones. He says it's better to live on the corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Now, you pick the wrong kind of wife, it'd be better to just live in the corner of the roof than be down there with her all the time. And, and once again, he's writing to his son, so this applies both directions. I'm not being sexist here. I understand it works both ways. He says it's better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and ill-tempered wife. So the companion things is what I picked as a biggie, but Solomon has a whole other section about how important it is to pick the right spouse. Be very, very cautious about that. And the fourth thing I picked and last we'll look at tonight is... Solomon talks a whole lot about honesty, about how you live your life. And, and most of you may say, well, I'm, I'm honest. I tell people the truth and all that. Well, when you get out in the real world and you get jobs and you get chance to be promoted and all that, you're going to have temptations not to be so honest. 
You can make more money not being honest, for a while at least. And Solomon talks about that. He talks about it's better to be honest and have honestly made money than have ill-gotten gains and all that. Uh, one of his Proverbs twenty-four twenty-six says, An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Yeah, that's good when somebody gives you an honest answer. And from the business world, I know I could deal with almost any kind of problem and all of that unless people lied to me. And we didn't last long after that. Honesty is a huge importance in life. Once again, you'll discover this. 20, 30, 40 years from now, you'll sit down and say, yeah, people that are honest do better in life. But you can take the warning and listen to what God says beforehand. And he talks about honesty and everything. Back then they used weights and scales. And he said, have honest scales. Be honest with everybody that you deal with. Uh, key to success in business and key to success in life. Now, Solomon's got a whole lot of other things in the book of Proverbs, but I think those are uh, at least my my top four tonight. And maybe next year I'll have another top four, but uh, I think those are biggies that graduates need to know those Proverbs. All right, let's close with this one, and I didn't give this one a topic because it's kind of an overall Big E, and it's how I hope you live your life. It's Proverbs 3, verse 5. I didn't give you all the Proverbs on the other ones because they're so scattered around. But Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Now, we've heard that so many times, it's kind of familiar. It's easy to say, okay, I'm supposed to trust in God, not me. But if you read that carefully, he's telling you how to make this journey, the unknown journey that you're going into. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So you're going to make a lot of choices in the next few years. Well, you'll make a lot of choices the rest of your life, but you'll make some real big ones in the next few years. He says, acknowledge him. Include God in that. You say, well, he won't answer me if I ask him, you know, should I date this guy or should I go to this college or whatever? Well, find a godly person and seek counsel. That's the other thing Proverbs says. Ask, what's God think about this? This is a good godly choice. Does he approve? Now, once again, you can make the choice on your own, but you're going to pay the price. Include him, he'll make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. I hope you live your lives that way, seniors, because life will be a lot better for you and uh, less troublesome. The way of the fool is a hard way. The way of the wise is an easier way. Lesson is yours tonight. If there's anyone here that needs to respond to the Lord's invitation, we're going to stand and sing a song, and we hope you come. Let's stand and sing.